welcome back to the third place. We just came out of the dancing futuristic world of Space Channel 5 and now we're going to the land of the 2000s internet with the Newgrounds website. But before we venture into that wild wild west of yesteryear, I want to introduce an incredibly special guest, someone who I respect and admire his ability to drive up the masses and bring out the clowns and rightfully stomp them in their place. Um, and also a host of a wonderful podcast himself. It is the one and only Yerk. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm great. Thank you for that extremely um, kind <laughs> and flattering introduction. Uh, uh, no, I, I have a, an immense respect for you online. I mean, I've enjoyed your various appearances across the many of the podcast uh, uh, universe that we kind of inhabit. And I love your presence online because like if I see your your profile picture, I know I'm about to get like uh, I have to sit my ass down as I learn as I like read your like poetic uh, posts like they they have a, <laughs> they, they have a genuine like energy that it's just like really cool to see. And the fact that everyone is always mad at like what you say because you're like right and they just can't stand that you're just like doing your own thing so i have uh an immense respect and admiration for your presence online so i'm grateful that you decided to talk about some silly internet games <laughs> oh no thank you so much i mean if the feelings mutual i'm i'm like really uh really psyched to to finally be on the third place um <laughs> and yeah. uh I think we both kind of started our shows like roughly around the same time. And then yes. I just like, well, I, I made a bunch of recordings and I sat on them for ages because I was like too intimidated to edit them. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And then I just like saw you just like, like if we were in a marathon or something, you were just like <laughs> racing ahead of me. Like it got to the point where I was like, I just went on iTunes and like looked at the third place and I was like, oh yeah, he's like released like. 14 episodes i really need to like get my shit together and so well, you kind of you kind of spurned me on it was a it's a good thing well in all fairness now technically you're ahead of me uh uh i think you're like technically like a handful of episodes ahead of me if we were counting numbers but i do love that we kind of are intertwined as like entering the ring in this space um and i i like how we had a brief moment in our early start where we were like oh wow we have like a similar brain because we both want both did a spyro episode very early on in our show's history uh yeah and um i remember like listening to yours and like just being like oh damn like he's, <laughs> like we completely like uh converged on like and i think i can't remember um the specific like phrase or whatever but i you you expressed something that i wanted to get across like so beautifully um just with regard to like the kind of um i don't know almost like the texture of that game yeah right? the the hard like, the the harsh edges yeah like, yeah the the polygonal look of that era yeah. um and i and i have to and i said this before on the show before it's like i have to give you credit because like when i did my tekken episode you had already posted online about like mortal Kombat, about like the whole concept of fighting game characters kind of fighting games as a whole being like a grand theater and the characters are kind of this like vessels onto the stage 
And I, you know, I was just like, oh, damn, like he kind of took an idea I've had in my like brain before, too. So I like how we've <laughs> like, even though we hadn't crossed paths, you know, to do something, we were still like on the same wavelength when it came to things. So totally. it's it's a unique and fun moment to experience. But yeah, everyone should listen to Bistro California. You have tons of unique, you, you know, fun and cool subject matters with lovely guests. So like. Everyone who is listening, give Yerks a sh uh, show a, ch uh, a listen. You'll you'll have a grand old time, I think. Thank you so much. Um, oh, please, no, the pleasure is mine. It's cool to have like, it's just cool to have cool people on. Granted, everyone who does this show is cool in my opinion, but like, you know, there's certain milestones where you get like, oh, the this like big name like you, and I'm just like, oh. You're 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 allowing the silly video game podcast to have like no, you know, no it's... <laughs> I remember uh, listening listening to your Tekken episode as well, and um, I mean it's like a bit narcissistic to bring it up, but I remember like I got I got like a shout out on that episode, and I was actually like listening to it as I as I was falling asleep, and yeah. I was in this like half asleep state, and then uh when you like i heard the the name yik and i was like like <laughs> like sat ball upright in bed and i was like oh cool. <laughs> well i you know yeah. i had to give credit where credit it's due in that case and uh uh yeah that i genuinely love that tekken episode uh me and frian like had, a, had oh, such so, a blast like so tekken, tekken is still the coolest fighting game franchise yeah uh, as we're That's going we we have in common i think is like a, a mutual love of uh of king yes uh, i mean here's yeah. the thing i've learned from that episode how many people have just genuine love and affection for that franchise which makes me feel great because you know a franchise that has lasted 30 years now is still like got fans both new and old mm. and it still like knows how to draw people in literally as its eighth game is on the horizon coming out in two months and uh i have never been more excited as a tekken fan just to see tekken 8 so yeah uh a recurring theme of the show is tekken is kind of goaded up it's the literal king of <laughs> it's the king of fighting games still the king of opinion. iron fist yes exactly there we go see now we yeah. get it um but my speaking... dad thought that oh um, you got sorry it. i'm sorry to interrupt but no. uh, my, my dad thought that like um then like when i got tekken tag tournament um, which mm -hmm. I also really love that game as well. But mm. um, my dad thought that it was like a like a German name. He thought uh -huh. it was like Tekken, like <laughs> Tekken Tag <Dahag> Tag Tournament, <laughs> Tekken Day Tournament. <laughs> like I can see that. Just, it, yeah. it it doesn't sound like a Japanese word, even though it is. No. The axe, the axis powers. <laughs> <laughs> like well, yeah, especially <laughs> I mean. Japan there's Japanese characters obviously but now there's like a German character in the, in the game uh with a uh, Leo uh now there's an Italian character with Claudio That's uh, so international. Oh yeah, I mean and they're still doing it like the new game has a girl from Peru that I mm. uh constantly post about why I love her. Um and my, uh, I love Tekken's very broad strokes uh approach to characters from different countries where this just like unless they're like a main character they're kind of just like these generalizations and as a result they like just become more endearing hence Azucena the girl from Peru she owns a coffee empire and she loves coffee very much and 
she's hyper and energetic and like that's her character and like i was sold from moment one. Oh, it's it's so beautiful i mean it really is like you know um it, it's just about like that that kind of like intensification of certain characteristics uh mm -hmm. where they're like raised up to a kind of iconic level Mm -hmm. um and it's like it's too even though there's a sort of like element of stereotyping going on it's just so like good-natured fundamentally mm -hmm. um that is like impossible to find it offensive like it's just completely no, it's just, like delightful oh yeah and yeah they they elevate the aspects of like being from that like the the other new character that i love is uh the the french assassin the character that they put into the new game who's voiced by Vincent Castle. Um, <laughs> and they just, it's like, oh yeah, it's Victor Chevalier, And he's like dressed in like immaculate suit and tie. And he's got a sword and a gun and he's just like the greatest assassin. And it's like, oh yeah, that's, you know, all I need. He's, he's got elegance in class like a Frenchman would have. And that's it. Like, it's sure. Like I, I never really thought of myself as being like interested in fashion or anything, but and I I really don't know anything about it <laughs> to be truthful. But yeah, I mean, same here. When I was a kid, I like I realized this the other day. I was like obsessed with like the Tekken characters' outfits. Yes, like uh, like Jin's like awesome black trousers with the flames on one leg mm -hmm. and things like that and i would spend like hours just like drawing costumes for like tekken and like imagining if i could design like uh you know my own tekken game where i'd have them all wearing and stuff like that um, oh yeah and there is this like element of like just like wonderful kind of costumery to right. uh mm -hmm. to tekken as well like and, and they've leaned into it with the newer games where they let you customize your little avatar to be either in a more accentuated version of them or just some monstrosity that like of course some people will do but like oh yeah i've seen i've seen tekken games where they customize a character to look like a different one in the game just yeah. for the fun of it and I, I kind of appreciate it but it feels like the natural evolution of that idea and let it be known that king's costume in tekken 3 with the shirt and sweatpants is still undefeated I'm uh, I'm kind of like um, neurotic about it though, though as well because like um, when like you're fighting with people online and they they they've got like a like a giant frog on yeah. a character's head or whatever I'm like no you like this should be serious like <laughs> why are you making him look silly <laughs> yeah I almost think Tekken gets like a pass because Tekken in of itself has allowed for like silliness to be like at least That's kind true. of part of its dna like you know uh, uh paul uh, paul phoenix lovingly i always call him paul penis um <laughs> where he's constantly at war with aliens uh he's always punching his brick walls and he has hair you know as tall as a building uh like uh, tech and tekken also has a literal bear as a character like an act like kuma and I'm yeah, like, um, the bear, there's, I mean, Panda. Like the, I, man, the character design is so cool. Like Yoshimitsu, um, oh, yeah, the, it, like the kangaroo with boxing gloves, uh, Jack, Jack, <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, Jack, you have Roger the dinosaur, uh, yeah, like Tekken's that's like one thing I like Mortal Kombat, like, tries to be this like serious thing, which you know is fine and dandy in some cases, but like. 
Mortal Kombat's always had like an element of just goofiness. It's like, oh, hey, it's a ninja, but he's red and this one's orange and this one's blue. It's like there's there was silliness present there. And I think Tekken's recognizes that like no matter how visually high, you know, whatever, or as like more technically advanced it is like Tekken is still kind of a goofy little franchise and it it allows itself to have fun. And that's all I could ever hope for in a fighting game is like you have your grand operatic story with, you know, the Mishimas and all that stuff. But like at the same time, you got to let me have Paul uh, dealing with his alien problem or uh, <laughs> martial law dealing with the fact that uh, he's running away from constant like debt from owning a restaurant. Is it like in the in the, the end, if you complete the game as martial law in Tekken 4? Where there's like this little video of like patrons at his restaurant oh, complaining yeah. that the food this food is too damn spicy. Yeah, and, and then, then he, he just beat, beats and them then up. He, yeah, he just beats them <laughs> up and then he goes to be a, a martial arts instructor. Yeah. Or or in Tekken 5 where Law like gets a bill, I think, from Paul about how much money he owes him and Law just punches Paul over and it does like a <laughs> it does like a faux Tekken like gameplay thing where it's like it does the whole like get ready and fight and law just like punches him in the face and runs away like that's all i could want in a tekken it's just like yeah. you can have your grandeur you can have your you know end of the world cataclysmic fight between literal devils and angels but at the same time you gotta let me have my segment where kuma is still being uh blue balled by panda uh, uh poor guy poor poor, poor kuma uh yeah. rick ganryu being uh desperately chasing julia uh and uh being a literal simp for her because she's a twitch streamer in seven and he's like literally an online simp for her it's kind <laughs> of kind of amazing uh but yeah um, but to go off tekken since you are a new guest uh I always ask new guests, like, what is your gaming history? Where does it start? What's your favorite games? All that fun stuff. So I figured, what is the oh, Yerk's, yeah. what, what what did little where did little little Yerk uh, get started? I mean, I've been thinking about how to like answer this question to prepare for it because there are, like so many entry points. Because like, mm -hmm. it's um, a tough question. Yeah, <laughs> no like, fairness. Because uh, I'm thinking back to like, so you know, do I go like to really like early '90s when I was really little and. Um, I was just playing like weird freeware games, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. like that kind of stick in my memory in strange ways. Or I was just playing like random demos that like came pre-installed on the PC. Like I remember playing like the Grim Fandango like demo just over and over again. Oh, um, classic, classic. Or uh, there was this like disc that I came from somewhere I just remember a lot of stuff like I just don't I don't know how it got onto the PC or where the disc would come from yeah um there was like a game called uh incoming uh -huh. uh, it was by a company called rage so I always called it rage incoming and you, you, <laughs> you just that. played as you just played as like a gun turret and you're just like shooting down flying saucers like things like that and it's like that sounds so mid now but like I don't know it's just like the vibe and the atmosphere of all that stuff and mm -hmm. then a little bit later on, I'm like going to friends' houses. I mean, I remember there was a time where I'd hear kids discussing PlayStation, 
in the lunch hall at school and I didn't know what it was and I assumed <laughs> that it was like some kind of like micro machines playset. <laughs> I like I, I could see yeah. that. I mean it has kind of like a little bit of a goofy name. Yeah, like the PlayStation, right? Like I imagine it having <laughs> a little like multi-story car park and mm-hmm. a road around it or something. But like yeah, going to like friends' houses and uh like watching them play games or just like being allowed to have a go really, really briefly, and then you know, my mom would show up or something and I'd have to go home. But mm-hmm. in that in that way, I was I remember being introduced to like um like games that made a really big impression on me when I was little, like um Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver. Yeah, classic. So so like dramatic and kind of like scary and awesome. Mm-hmm. Um and then when I finally got a PS1 myself, um, I remember like the first games I remember getting on that was it was actually like Tekken 3, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Um what else? But yeah, I mean, just like really, really amazing games. And I think uh then you know, I obviously got a PS2, I kept up with the Tony Hawk's games. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like racing through this because I'm oh, trying no, to like no, no, please. condense you're... all of this information. No, you're, <laughs> but, like, I mean, you're going through basically nothing but classics. Yeah. Um, like, I really love the Time Splitters games. Another great one. Um, and uh, yeah, what else? Like, yeah, I mean, a lot of like just demos I remember playing, like random demo discs that I'd borrow mm-hmm. from a friend or get with a magazine or whatever. A, lo- um, a lost medium, uh, the demo yeah. disc. Like I love I, those. Yeah. yeah, and I I remember having them as a kid with my PS One, and I don't obviously now in hindsight I'm like, oh, one of my brothers was subscribed to PlayStation Underground, and they would give you a demo disc in them, and I'm like, huh, like we just have magically have these discs with like bite sized snippets. Yeah, yeah. Like what you know? Is there just like everyone's house has a demo disc somewhere? Probably at this rate. Hmm. I've got like a, a a wallet of them somewhere. Oh, know? that's so like, cool. Um, but yeah, like I remember playing um the first level of this this obscure PS One game called Silent Bomber, mm-hmm. which I'm, I've heard of I, that one. I'm obsessed with. Like I I actually managed to. In the like last days when you could like randomly buy still buy PS1 games in like a large supermarket or something, I just mm-hmm. happened across it and rem- remembered it from the demo and like snapped it up. Um and that game is like amazing. Like yeah. it's such a such a sick game, amazing design. Um and it's like a kind of third person action game. Um mm-hmm. you have these like weird gauntlets that kind of like transmit bombs. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a kind of targeting retina, so you can like lock onto enemies, or you yeah. can just plant them in a stack where you stand. But it's like so fast paced, mm-hmm. and it has this like really wonderful kind of like eighties, nineties, like sci fi anime aesthetic to it. Yeah, um, no, it... really beautiful, like f- kind of physicality to the textures as well, like very polygonal, um, mm-hmm. and. I can remember, like, there's a kind of, um, to get a bit pretentious, like, there's a kind of semiotics of video games that I'm interested in, because I all of this stuff that I've described is, like, it's kind of training you how to make sense of things, and you're very young, so you're still, like, 
learning how to make sense of information mm -hmm. and so like just the the kind of like semiotics of like oh yeah like um the red cross means health or mm -hmm. like how um a red laser might be like weaker than a green laser or <laughs> yeah just things like that i'm like really interested in you know mm -hmm. um and it's kind of sparks some kind of like primordial thrill in me because i associate it with these like very early gaming experiences yeah i mean there is a language to it all that like you never understand but like trying to break it down is like a a fun little thing in of itself uh yeah i mean i like how you brought up silent uh that game you know it's made by CyberConnect, who is known for the dot hack franchise which is a great like unique little franchise in of itself on the ps2 so i like that that you brought that up oh yeah i remember i recognize that name i think i maybe played a demo of that once as well actually <laughs> yeah um, i mean it was yeah. you know a, a much more like you had to be like that type of guy who like would pursue that sort of genre like yeah sort of japanese out there concept game uh um, but yeah i like that you had a connection to that um, I also remember like there was one year I broke my wrist and um, just this like entire like how many months it was I just was playing like Final Fantasy X because mm -hmm. it, it was turn based it was the one game I could play one handed because <laughs> um, I had like my arm in a cast mm -hmm. uh, but yeah I still I still love Final Fantasy X as well like that that mm -hmm. game made it and that has like the similar similar kind of like palette swapping fun to Mortal Kombat where you know, there are these, like, enemies that are, like, you have, like, a flan, and there's, yeah. like, a water flan and a fire flan and, you know, a dark flan, and they're, they all have, like, different elements and stuff. So I yeah, love this, yeah. like, idea of just, like, oh, you know, we need a new monster, so let's just palette swap one we already have. But then, like, <laughs> the colors that you've palette swapped to add, like, they almost, like, semiotically imply... um you know a different like set of attacks or mm. you know associations and so on so like just this kind of like element of like video game language um and how it can kind of be spun out like i know like people are kind of like cynical about palette swapping but like i'm i'm yeah i think it's awesome like yeah that stuff yeah it's it's very endearing and you saw it way more back in the day when resources were limited and they couldn't make like Oh yeah, we got to make a mon like a new unique monster every single time. So in order to save space, it would just be like, oh, it's this thing, but with a different color. And like, still, that was like shocking to see. Like, oh my god, like this, you know, monster in uh, Dragon Quest is like the slime is like, oh, it's blue, but now it's a different color. Like, it's it's more dangerous now. Like, yeah, it's it's, it's the uh, level, it's the more yeah. powerful version, or it's the one that's like. Uh, it has it does specific unique things like uh, SMT does that where it's like oh you have you know Jack Frost but now there's Pyro Jack the fire version that has a pumpkin head it's you know that that like RPG old school mentality of like we're not gonna like we don't have the time we don't have the resources to make something new how can we make something kind of new yeah right right uh, charm um... charming days of the past. But I mean, um, to, to like then move up to like the present day. Um, I mean, even just this year, like, uh, 
I just spent a lot of time, even I, even though I, I don't think it's like very well regarded, it's like a bit of a, like objectively crappy, but um, I have like a real soft spot for like the Serious Sam franchise as well. Oh, I love those. Yeah. Uh, I can and... still hear the suicide bomber like yell just oh, uh, in my that's head. That's horrible. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if I'm playing that a lot, then I'll like hear that noise as I'm going to sleep. Like, <laughs> it's like a literal like tinnitus. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just this like horrific. five, this five second loop of like some guy. They're just like, uh, do us a scream. And it's just like him forcing it, like, perfect, great. And they, they get it, like, they're so obnoxious with it as well. Like, they know what they're doing, and they don't give a fuck. Like, it's really, really gratuitous how... <laughs> yeah, no, they, they have... <laughs> they'll have... It'll be like 20 of them spawning at once, so it's just like a chorus of like, <laughs> ah! <laughs> It's so funny, and I love it, like... I love how, and I love how Serious Sam franchise just keeps spawning like new games every few years, and they're like rehashes of like older entries in the franchise. But like, oh, this time, this time it's an HD version, you know, just like slightly better textures or like one new level. It's very like a assembly line, but like they're still all very charming to me. Yeah, I I so basically this year I spent a lot of time just playing my way through the the uh, the HD remasters from the PlayStation Store, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, and during that time I mostly just like listened to the third place and TPN. <laughs> oh, um, I love that! And it was like my kind of like chill out time, so it was very uh yeah, it was very very necessary. Oh um, yeah, uh, thank you. That... I hope people can listen. Like, if there's like a game that's kind of mindless where you can just be like, oh, I don't have to like pay attention too much. You can just pop on my show and just be like, oh, I'm learning at the same time. And then dealing with like 40 enemies swarming me and Serious Sam. Yeah, it's like, it's good in the sense that it's just, uh, like, I, I love like artistic <laughs> games and, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, well, like atmospheric games, but, um, I do also like value the, like, you know, just games as like a means of like organizing time. Yeah, like just simple like, fun. Yeah, it, um, it, there's a time and a place. Uh, I also another thing I'll bring up. Um, actually, like Final Fantasy kind of reminds me of this. Like, there are a few games I had to buy another copy of because, um, what happened at the what it seemed like at the time was they mysteriously stopped working, mm-hmm. but actually it was because I had this like cheapo you know um like cheat disc Mm -hmm. thing that like you'd put in before the game and then put it in after and like you know i would just i was such a kind of poor sport i had like such a poor sense of sportsmanship i just like yeah like one million gil like infinite health (laughs) for all characters i just like put on all these cheats and like i didn't really understand like that a game as an object is like made up of code like in <laughs> retrospect, the, the reason why all these games I had like stopped working is because this cheat disc would just be like mangling the code of the game, <laughs> like, rendering tearing, it inoperable. You're, you're tearing it apart. Yeah, like I didn't know what I was doing. I just wanted to be invulnerable. Yeah, um, I just want my quick, uh, my quick god mode. Like, yeah, and then it'd be like, oh, this like loading screen, like never <laughs> stops now. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, sometimes you can't play God too far in a video game, otherwise the game will fight back. The code yeah. is alive. Um, no, 
Yeah. Uh, but I'm just trying to think what else. Like, um, this yeah, pulling I mean... it, pulling from the well. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's so funny because like there, there really is like so much, and mm-hmm. um, I mean I you know I remember like various Christmases. Uh, like I get like the new Tony Hawk's game every Christmas. Hmm. Um, and, and that was always great. Like, it, yeah, I mean Tony Hawk, the early you know those 20, Tony Hawk games, especially like the early days, were just like perfect. It's all you needed. Playing as Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, or uh, playing with Wolverine and Tony Hawk Three. Yeah, that was so cool because that was before like the oversaturation of Marvel. Yeah, so it was just like um, it, it was just like when Wolverine was just like a cool image. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just yeah, it's just a yeah. guy thing. Me like I yeah. could play Wolverine in my like skateboarding video game. Like that's you know it was it didn't have like there weren't any hoops and ladders to get through to like be uh privileged to have that in your video game like or i, I love the like destroying environments quality to the tony horse <laughs> games as well like oh, the, the molten bucket down yeah. and uh like destroying extreme... los angeles <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a very cathartic series where like it weirdly allows you to have like moments of just like i get to destroy things or mess with things or it will like teleport me to a random place like there's the one level where you if you grind a specific rail a pirate ship will fire a cannon into the building and now you can like ride outside and go to the pirate ship and the pirate uh, ship is like designed for skateboarding somehow it was so it was so exciting like just that sense of just being in this space that and i mean like i guess um i've been playing like the original doom recently as well and that's kind of like that right like yeah unlocking these like secret spaces mm-hmm. um that's like something that just yeah is thrilling on like a very primal level i think like unlocking these hidden areas and i mean something i remember in, in, in spyro 3 like in the midday gardens homeworld um there's like a frozen over river or something and you can see like gems mm-hmm. underneath it and like you have to figure out how to get there yeah right? i mean and... games are all about discovery it's at some level finding something that like maybe 8 out of 10 players wouldn't notice on the first time, but it's like that ability to come back to it, and there's like, oh, there's something new here that, like, someone, some sometime was like, I'm gonna put that there. Yeah. And it's the, there's a joy of, like, it's like the game itself is not just, like, a 2D image, it's like three dimension, and there's something to be discovered at every corner. Yeah, like being in a in a kind of environment that's like interactive in that way, and um, it's it's like it's something that actually like rewards uh, playing and trying to like find new ways to interact with things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember like uh, earlier this year, around the time the Barbie movie came out, there was this like um guy who he's like a design studies academic. Mm-hmm. And he just put out this video about like the history of like the Barbie doll, uh, <laughs> which I watched like, and it, it's actually fascinating. But mm-hmm. you know, he was talking about how like in toy design, like there's this kind of you know recognized like thing that you have to be aware of, which is like kids will always find 
a new way to play with something that you hadn't predicted as the designer. Yes. Um, and it's almost like video games are something that like incorporates that understanding into like you know at the best it incorporates that understanding into the design where it's like rewarding you for kind of like testing almost like the physical boundaries of the game or like seeing exactly what you can achieve yes and especially when you're a kid and you're in this kind of like you know eternal heaven of just like limitless time mm-hmm. yeah it's... Just, it's just like you re- yeah like it's just cool like yeah all i guess i can really say is just games are really cool when you know you can tell someone put the time and an effort into understanding that like this is something to kind of be like dissected and like taken uh like taking a closer look at like there's always going to be like some unique thing that someone's going to latch on to for possibly like years down the line like and i remember see... the, um sorry no you, no, you i'm just gonna say like you'll see like people saying like oh i discovered this thi- thing in this game that like has anyone else figured out it's like no like and suddenly like 20 years later somebody just discovered this new thing about a game i mean there's a whole community of people still trying to dig through every ounce of code in shadow of the colossus and it's like this own micro group of people doing that still yeah, I mean, I remember this time when it was like, it was like the time of like cheat code urban legend kind mm-hmm. of as well. Um, and I would always be like, you know, looking up, like, like trying to find new things to do in like uh, in the Tony Hawk's games. I remember there was like, came across like some game FAQs post where somebody said that like, you know, if you like um, do a lip trick on a certain like electricity cable, like, your character will get electrocuted and turn into a skeleton. It's just like bullshit, but like mm-hmm. I still went and like spent like a good like 40 minutes trying mm-hmm. to like land a, like a lip trick on this one wire and just be like, mm-hmm. why would it work? You know? Yeah. It, uh, uh, I had a thought and I literally just lost it for a second there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, games, you should be willing to look at a, a find things in a game like and I encourage that entirely. But yeah, uh, thank you for sharing your history. That was a wonderful deep dive into your past. And that's what I always love doing is seeing where people started. Because some people are like you, where they start off in that like 90s like era of demo discs and freeware and PS2. Then some people are like, oh, I started in the 80s. Or some people start in the 2000s. Like everyone has their own l- little unique little story to how they got into games and i always love hearing everyone else's unique story i always like i skillfully somehow managed to avoid ever playing like a mario game or mm-hmm. a, a sonic the hedgehog game as well so I was, like, <laughs> a, you're a better a, person like, for it such a playstation loyalist um yeah. i mean it's quality quality gaming yeah um but so to transition into the first part of today uh i wanted to finally discuss my beloved newgrounds.com uh i've mentioned i think on the show many times about why my love for this website and i know probably some people are like oh why are you talking about a website like this isn't like isn't this a game podcast like it is 
and Newgrounds was was one of the major homes of the beloved Flash game, uh, where a bunch of just random internet people, you know, just either teenage boys or young adult guys would just whip up a Flash game in about six, a few weeks, like six weeks or a few months, and suddenly you have this like bizarro kind of held together by duct tape and a prayer video game that might not even be complex or anything. It's merely just like enacting like a desire that you want it from real life. Uh, example being that Yurk and I were talking before air was the glut of punch or kick or kill a celebrity games like on here or just pure like simulations. Like, I mean, Newgrounds was like this beautiful little hub of just unfettered creativity from like, in some cases, crazy autistic people or people who genuinely wanted to make actual games. And it's in a sense, be kind of now in 2023, as Flash has gone as the way as the dinosaur, I guess, where now Newgrounds is kind of like a little museum of the early internet days where you can still play games from like, the early 2000s or even the late 90s in certain certain cases and it's this like little library of alexandria of just when one person was just like i'm gonna use this animation program to do what i want to make a game that i would want to play and maybe hopefully some people will play and unfortunately you know and newgrounds was that place newgrounds was a place of just literal the wild west of the internet where people would just make anything would it be some earnest platformer or a literal meet and fuck video game or uh making animations that were just off the walls like this was this was my home and it's still my home and i guess i'll ask you yurk i mean what sort of connection you had to this sort of era of the internet i know we were talking off air about like something awful forums and e-bombs world all this stuff so i well, I guess just sort of you chime in with your two cents about the these sort of havens of the internet back in the day. Yeah, I mean, I I remember every time my cousin would come to visit, he would know about some like new Flash game or something, mm -hmm. and then we just used to like just endlessly play like a certain Flash game over and over. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember like going on E Bombs World like really just because like somebody told me that it was cool or something I, I don't know i don't know how i found it really but like i remember there's like one side scrolling uh flash game where you play like a priest who has to kill a bunch of like possessed zombies mm -hmm. and you know, like, <laughs> i was like trying to find it before like i can't remember what it was called um <laughs> but uh it there was like a like you know uh there was like a, a little kid on rollerblades zombie uh, who would like yeah. zoom towards you and you had like an uzi a pistol and a shotgun mm -hmm. and there was like hyper detailed like weapon damage so you could like shoot the zombies until they were literally just like a bloody skeleton yeah um and it was like really really kind of scary but like awesome like and a very very short game like it was like three levels um mm -hmm. and there was also like uh on the pornography front there was like the gypsy game where you like like a gypsy sells you some like x-ray eyeglasses that let you 
look at people naked under their clothes <laughs> but if you look at the gypsy and like uh he goes you've looked at my balls and for this i will kill you and he pulls out like, <laughs> um so yeah a lot of like kind of very like formative things like that um and yeah Newgrounds was like uh it was like the you know i, I came to it, it was like a pre-existing culture and there was all this mysterious stuff like the clock gang or whatever i, like, didn't yeah, know what yeah, it was. I, heard, I remember oh my god yeah. i can't believe i forgot about that um but yeah i was like obsessed with uh like the madness series and, yeah the madness games uh and bunny kill yes um, yes oh my god it's like memory lane for me yeah and then like on the more like british side you had like david firth as well like salad fingers and Bob oh yeah Man. um and i was always obsessed with this like i can't remember what it was called like was it clay world with like a k it's just I this think guy so. making making these little like stop motion animations of like these blue clay people <laughs> uh and just like they're like these two minute shorts but they were they were so funny they were like genuinely really funny mm-hmm. um just like uh <laughs> i don't know like one of them getting sniped or something or, <laughs> i read there was one where like uh one of them like people keep drowning in like a tiny like puddle mm-hmm. you know like it's just really like, off the wall stuff and it was like so creative um mm-hmm. and uh yeah and then i also remember like obviously there's the they're all like the kind of um adult games as well, which again like quite formative, like <laughs> yeah, Frank's Adventure and all of that. Yeah, kind of I stuff. listen, so, I know a listener, I know my listeners, at least I hope I do. They've if they're as old as you and me, they they've played a meet and fuck game once in their life. Like it's you definitely played a, a porn game but like on a flash website. It was inevitable. Yeah. Uh, uh, and yeah, and that felt kind of like scary and thrilling. And I was, I just done like a Franz Ferdinand episode, and uh, like the band Franz Ferdinand, especially their second album and Songs for the Deaf by Queens mm-hmm. of the Stone Age. Like, I very vividly remember, like, you know, surfing new grounds whilst listening to that music, and mm-hmm. it's all bound up with this, like, very, like, you know, like hormonal, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, like early adolescent, like you know, I like sexual awakening kind of period of my life where I was playing like, uh, like you know, two D dress up games and trying to like make character <laughs> naked and stuff like that. I mean, so. yeah, I mean this obviously like these. This was before the smartphone smartphoneification of the internet. So this like the internet was still very much like a guy thing and these were like websites where it's just a bunch of like teenage boys or like 20 something adults, like just throwing out there something because they wanted to make something. And obviously there was probably your handful of ladies on like new grounds. And I remember them too, but like even the, even the like women on the site, like just knew kind of the, like the, uh, uh, the like, like code of conduct as it were, like they, they were not like bound by like, doing the whole like you know playing you know the beautiful little saint angel that would never you know demean herself in a way that like would just make her seem crass or vulgar it's like no they played a part in it too like the few and many that there were (laughs) and but like that's what made it so cool to me like getting on there as like i think my first time i went on there was when i was like 10 and i used my dad's computer like in 2005 and just being exposed to just like 
varying levels of just different things like like you said like how games were like the flash games were like hyper detailed in certain cases like more mm. so than like a big budget game would he would ever go to or you would find some flash animation that was just like cursing up a storm and being extremely violent or having sexual like content in it and maybe unfortunately maybe that has stunted my view of things and <laughs> what i find funny it, i fully admit that it did but like at the same time i would have not not have changed one thing because being exposed to just like this literal endless sea of just like cool and unique and interesting people that were just doing things by themselves or like with like two or three other people through the internet you know like that was such a radical and fascinating idea and quite literally you and me are like doing that right now doing a podcast where we're communicating across the literal ocean talking about this it's like it's it's the purest sort of i think form that the internet had and uh to see that like i'll just say that it's really nice to see that Newgrounds hasn't caved itself to the modern day for the most part like there's still people are still making their porn games people are still drawing their smut online but they're also still making cool innovative innovative i can't speak like games or music like they're just chugging along as if nothing else has happened in the world and uh, more power to the creator of the website, Tom Fulp, for not bending the knee and like making it, you know, less, uh, I guess, uh, sanitized in the process. Like, for the most yeah, part, I mean, new, new grounds is still new grounds. It looks like pretty much identical to how I remember it. I mean, I'm sure it's changed, but yeah, like, the... I actually went on eBombs World like earlier today mm-hmm. to try and find this game, and it's like. It's like not the same. It's just like a generic, like content aggregator now. Like I'm sure mm-hmm. you know that it's just like a, a different site entirely with just the same name. You know, like um... like I I'm, I'm I had because I I have my the pages of the games we're talking about just the because it's the only way I can check the days they came the dates they came out. But it's like the Newgrounds page, like the background, it's still like black with the orange and. The ad is just a promotion for a new version of Alien Hominid. And on the front page, there's an animation called Dragon Balloween uh, with Bulma's, <laughs> Bulma's uh, tits hanging out like on the front page. And like, it's still it's still the same thing. It's and, you know, you have like Tom Fulp's best of October 2023 and all sort of big events coming up for the website in the next few weeks it it still feels like you know as if you had gone in the wayback machine and opened up the website in 2005 on your like dad's off off white colored desktop pc oh man totally yeah it it because you know we live in a day and age where like everything has been streamlined and cleaned up and all the harsh edges have been turned into round corners and you can't have any like dark color as part of your your website or anything it's all bright and inviting it's like new grounds even though it's gone through revisions to its image 
it still feels like an image board with diff- you know have all the tabs you have the games tab the movies tab the audio art portal the community like it's it just... really maintained the sense of like slight identity it seems like mm-hmm. and there's something about that color scheme as well like the the like black and orange and stuff it like feels very warm mm-hmm. and it, it does feel like i remember how it felt to go on it back in the day it was very much like entering into a kind of enclosed space in a good way it was kind of like cozy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, another another thing I love about Newgrounds is that they've still kept all the comments from back in the day. Oh yeah, uh, like I'm looking at the Alien Hominid page just because that game's from 2002, and you just see people who left reviews back in 2002, and it's just like you know people using 2000. I guess you could say 2002 speak at the time, and yeah. it's like really warm. Like you said, it's really warm and inviting. And, you know, you, you can click on these pages and literally people have left review, like these games that are almost like practically 20 years old at this point, like people are still leaving reviews for them and still like discussing the games. And it's like, that feels so like genuinely heartwarming to me to see like people still come back to this website frequently and they continue to keep this website rolling. I think that like, the way the the internet has developed now is that it's very much like, you know, there are maybe like three or four websites that everybody goes to like regularly. Like mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's like Facebook or Instagram or in you know in our case like Twitter, um, probably YouTube. Like mm-hmm. and it's like yeah, that's what it you know, that's what what we go to the internet for. But I also remember like, like, like properly like surfing the web you know like back in like the early 2000s and Newgrounds was kind of part of this because it was like genuinely like oh just like explore and see what I can discover today and Mm -hmm. you really like had no idea what you might stumble across or like what rabbit hole you might end up going down Mm -hmm. um and there was such a kind of like magic to it that I don't think anything is like it's just so different now I mean you know we've also gotten older and stuff we like live different lives then but like it was so exciting to just like log on and just pursue some kind of curiosity if there was like a game or a, a series of animations that had like a kind of promising title that like hinted mm-hmm. at something exciting or interesting um or like certain things would just catch your imagination mm-hmm. um and i always remember using it before like every, all music was just on youtube yeah. so there are like a few games that like have no, a few uh short like flash animations that were just like homemade music videos yeah you know so i remember like watching the um someone made like a music video for uh what's that like real big fishes cover of yes oh my god take on me like i remember like watching that over and over again because it was like the only place i could reliably hear the song yes or, um... oh my god did you ever play like the punkomatic game i don't think i did there was like this sick um like someone built like a miniature digital audio workstation in Flash where they'd pre-recorded a bunch of like you know like like song parts uh-huh. for, like a punk rock song and you could just like assemble all of these blocks and like make your own punk rock song. Mm-hmm. Um but it also came like with they'd also like uploaded like maybe three songs by different bands. 
like yeah. Bad Religion and Thrice or something oh. that you can just like <laughs> listen to in the menu as well. Um, yeah, uh, truly, that, truly amazing. That was the fun of it all. It's like you would go on there and you know you didn't have like you know because we got on there when we were young we didn't have like a website like that had like just because youtube came out around the same kind of like later on sort of from newgrounds but like youtube now has like a sanction off kids area quote unquote but it's like if you if you were like me and and like you you got onto these websites and you were exposed very early to like things that were beyond your con- uh, concept of like ex- you know accepted things and like you you were thrown into the pool with all the 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 the, the big kids quote unquote and you know that was like part of getting growing up per se in the age of the internet where it's like oh hey you thought your flash animation was good uh you're going to get like of someone saying give leaving you a one star review and saying you're terrible and awful and you shouldn't be doing this it was like a it was like the digital schoolyard playground and you're meeting your anonymous bullies whether good or bad that's up to you i guess but you were thrown you were thrown into everyone and not everyone was going to be nice to you and you learned you had to like you know toughen up so to say on the internet and i think there's a clear divide between like people like us and people who are on the internet now. And it's like, this was what I thought the internet would, could be like, where you just have people who are just spewing what, what would be considered, I guess, by the general public as quote unquote hateful or, you know, misogynistic or racist. Yeah. Tasteless. And it's like, well, yeah, that's the point of this website. It's a bunch of, people doing what they want because that's what they want to put out there in the world and um no but... i mean there's like a weird uh like i i i, I this is one of my hobby horses right but i do think that like especially young boys and teenagers are kind of like um subtly policed in almost like imperceptible ways now in terms of like their interests and yes i think that like like for instance you know somebody on twitter was like I don't know, I can't remember exactly what it was, it was like an image or something, but someone was complaining about, like, teenage boys, like, sneering at, like, female pop stars, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, we just, in, like, reflexively generalize this kind of, like, pitchforkian, like, sense of optimism over mm-hmm. everything now, where it's like, if you don't like some pop singer, then that that is, like, kind of coded as, like, misogynistic and problematic or all this kind of stuff and i was like you know i have nothing against that pop music but like you know back in the day it was pretty normal for like teenage boys to like sneer at like mm-hmm. you know female pop singers and be like yeah this sucks yeah and i mean like it's just normal like yeah that's just, just normal... what we did that's what we did back in the day we thought like we would see like some report about a celebrity and we were just like oh that's so gay like why why are we spending time and then someone on Newgrounds would make a game or an animation about either killing them or beating them up to beating them to death with a baseball bat (laughs) yeah I mean but that was just you know the thing back in the day and that was perfectly okay and you know it was you know games are very you know the video games not you know which is tied to Newgrounds but it was like that was just like 
a vehicle to which boys could just as the phrase is boys be boys and they could just let out their violence in grand theft auto or you know in whatever shooting game they played or whatever like that was just a thing they could do and no one would question it or deny it but now there's just like these it's like yellow tape across anything that is is deemed as problematic and you know it's now now we're getting like broccoli hair boys who wear nail polish and like they're talking about things it's like you're not you're not like me and you will never be like me and you know i I was raised in the streets so i I will say like i also remember on you know on new grounds like there was a good uh amount of like you know like cool content for a uh growing emo boy oh yeah there's a lot of like cool gothic like edgy music videos and Mm -hmm. series that people made um yeah i mean it was uh, i know that the the catchphrase the slogan of the website was everything by everyone but like that was literally true it's like hey there's like some guy in like bumblefuck kansas and he's just gonna make you know uh an animation about like a video game and it's just gonna be like an incoherent screaming and like blood and guts and like swearing and like to me as like a young teenager i'm like oh my god this is heaven this is heaven on earth i this person makes content for me like it was it was a it was a like little paradise that i could come to after school yeah, I I I also specifically remember like on Fridays, um, I would tend to get home from school before my parents. That was like the one day where that was the case. So I would play because our like desktop computer was just in, you know, the like the front room. Mm-hmm. So I would just like play all of the like verboten, <laughs> unacceptable stuff that I knew that they would object to, um, like then before they got home and then i'd hear like the door unlocking and i'd be like okay <laughs> okay 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 like i'd close all of this down um mm-hmm. or i would just be playing that's like this you know the more adult stuff or the scarier stuff more violent stuff um and i'd just be like have one eye on the closed door and i'd just be extremely like sensitized to like the shape of you know my dad like moving <laughs> through like the fo- like the fogged window of the door and just, yeah. like trying to figure out whether he was about to like open it <laughs> you know yeah i mean that it, it was a place that only we could get but like at the same time if anyone else saw it, it's like oh like you're 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 piercing my my uh sanctuary yeah and and i don't know it's, no way mom yeah it's yeah it's <laughs> the ang- yeah like you said the emo angsty boy who's in his feelings it's like go away, mom. I have to watch my like anim- I have to watch my uh, like tank band cartoon, and I have to uh, watch retarded animal babies. <laughs> I have to, I have to watch. Uh, I'm trying to think of other ones. I have to watch Metal Gear Awesome back in the day. Like you wouldn't understand it, mom. Like it, and it's just full of just like dick jokes and like you know all that stuff. It's like. <laughs> I guess it's like a, it's also like the early South Park days, where, like humor, where it's just yeah. you know, crass and tasteless, but like that's the fun of it all. And early early South Park is a good reference point as well because it, you know it's like that very like primitive 
Oh man. Sorry, yeah. I just got sneezed. It's all right. Um is it? Be... No. Oh no. <laughs> oh, it well we have we botched, avoided catastrophe. Botched sneeze. Oh but yeah. yeah. Uh, I and I guess I will always respect Tom Full for keeping the site as it is. I respect him not wanting to chase the money when he was offered advertiser money. I respect him for when Flash went away a few years ago that he was able to get a like Flash, I guess, emulator or something to keep all these games and all these uh, cartoons and all this stuff to keep running on the site. Like Tom Fulp, I think, is such a little patron saint of the Internet. I mean, so much so that he's literally uh, he was awarded. He was given award by the Game Developers Choice Awards for like his contributions uh, to the for the site and also to the game studio, the Behemoth. Uh, it's yeah. I mean that that and I love too that like Tom Fulp got his start with the website because it was a neat like he was a Neo Geo fan and he had his own fanzine in like the early '90s and then just kind of birthed into this website. Uh, I, I I praise him to endlessly, and I think he's one of the greatest people still, like, operating from the ye olden days. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if you have any more to say on Newgrounds, because I want to talk about, like, the three games that we were going to talk about tonight. Yeah, sure. Uh, do, so, do you want if I just, uh, like... Um, well, briefly... we'll go to we'll go to break. Uh, yeah. But, so... Uh, the games we'll talk about today are Alien Hominid, Ching Chong Beautiful, and Friday Night Funkin'. Chong Beautiful from 
December 2009 and Friday Night Funkin' from November 2020. And normally I would split these games up, but I think the talking about all three together is better because they're they're not like in-depth games, but like they all kind of homogenize into like a broader topic of Newgrounds itself. So uh, I guess I'll ask you, Yurik, what did you think of these three games that I asked for you to play? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, me and Alien Hominid um, go way back because... Mm-hmm when it was like um, adapted into like a console game mm-hmm. um i got it for my birthday i think that year and i also got it's like the same birthday i got killer seven. Oh my god um, amazing I know, I know it's another third place fave um Uh-oh. so yeah i had this like really great summer of just playing killer seven and alien hominid um and I was really, really terrible at Alien Hominid, but I like I, I loved it because I loved all of the different like has this really, really great art style, um, which is I mean who's the guy who did it's like because it was created by uh oh yeah, Dan Paladin, right? Yeah, Dan who's a major figure of the game studio, right. the Behemoth. Yeah. And and his art style kind of permeates like all of the behemoth games like castle crashers and battle block theater and pit people all that it's like this really satisfying chunky cartoony art like these very like the fbi agents running around with these like very blocky heads but um i was also like in this phase where i was obsessed with like alien movies and like Mm -hmm. ray guns and stuff and um in the like ps2 version there are so many of these like little power-ups you can pick up that mm-hmm. just have like really cool effects like um there's like a laser gun that like slices the enemies in half there's like a green like slime goo gun mm-hmm. thing that just turns people into slime um it's like so kind of inventive and um yeah like they really it's just surprising always with these games like how much detail they're able to like work into it um yeah and and to, th- and to think that this started off as a game you could play on the internet like the, and the... it's surprising how like sophisticated it is just as like a 2002 flash game like it's insane yeah. like because there's things in the game in the ps2 game that i i was kind of like i don't think i ever played the flash game when i was a kid mm-hmm. so i wasn't necessarily i realized there'd be stuff absent from you know what i remember playing on the ps2 mm-hmm. but like you can still like ride around on on them you can like jump on them and ride around and bite their heads off yeah it's like crazy um and it's really really hard like i kept dying like you know five times per minute or something especially mm-hmm. when i first started playing it um but you kind of get into this like i actually i mean i think this is the one thing that like really connects all of these three games right is the sense of like rhythm and flow state that you can get into mm-hmm. um where especially with alien hominid if you just get into this like uh mode of playing where i was kind of button mashing but you're just kind of like bouncing around the level Mm -hmm. and like landing on people and buying their heads off and then like if you get into this kind of flow um it's just you become this kind of like whirling ball of mayhem yeah (laughs) and it's like super satisfying you're just like causing chaos everywhere and yeah it's really thrilling um 
Mm-hmm. I didn't get very, very far with the Alien Hominid Flash game, unfortunately, because I was so bad at it. I just <laughs> managed to, like, beat the first boss today, like, the robot that, like, wheels his arms at you. Yeah, and, and in all fairness, um, and even Tom Fulp has said this because he did the programming on this, even he has said, like, yeah, the difficulty is brutal early on in the game, which, you know... I, comes from the fact that, you know, these guys were still early in their game developing career, I guess you could say. But I think it rings true because, like, this kind of ties in, like, Newgrounds, for me, is, like, the early birthing of, like, indie games where you just, again, if you had one or two or three people just kind of coming together to make something because they love a certain game style, like... Alien Hominid, you can tell clear as day is like, oh yeah, that is a metal slug. It's like a metal slug inspired game, and makes sense. I, consider, makes sense because Tom Fulp was a fan of that franchise. Yeah, I, no, I I love the metal slug games as well actually, and I was they were like one of the games in you know if I went to the swimming pool there'd be like an arcade, mm-hmm. and I would just like want to play it so badly, and I'd never like my parents would never let me play it because they thought it was like a waste of money. But mm-hmm. I remember like just watching it. It was like so like cool, and again that amount of detail and just like there's something um that like Alien Hominid does where it's like it's exactly what you want as a kid in terms of like sat like anticipating and satisfying where your imagination goes. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, uh, the like a uh, you know, armored truck thing has come on screen. Like you want to destroy it, you want to mm-hmm. be able to like slice somebody in half. You know, yeah. or, like it kind of like anticipates and delivers what you want, which is something mm-hmm. that Metal Slug <laughs> did as well. And I have an, another like early year nostalgic memory for you. Um, is like in the really early days of Amazon, I remember like asking my dad to like order me a metal slug game and it was like some uh-huh. like japanese release or something and it just like never arrived and mm-hmm. just for weeks and weeks and weeks on the end after school i'd be like did metal slug come yet and like, <laughs> I bet, you know he kept being like i don't think it's gonna arrive but i was like completely undeterred like every day i'd be like is it and then like months and months later i'd, I'd remember it and be like hey yeah. Like, how come that never that never showed up? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, what I love about Alien Hominid, like, and and this goes for both the like console version and the Flash version, but more so, I guess the Flash version is that sort of DIY aesthetic to it, where like, oh yeah, this like, you know, like in in a traditional game, even like a smaller indie game like a a background would be like a very well detailed well drawn out thing and then like an alien hominid you just have these like oddly shaped squares and rectangles to represent a city and apartment buildings and there's like places called fart repairs it's so like young boy (laughs) yes exactly and (laughs) you know the fact that like there's a dopey guy at the start of the game you know, who just, like, welcomes you, the alien, and it's like, oh, yeah, you can just shoot this, like, guy dead. And it's, like, it's all about... It's just this crude, but, like, really endearing, like, aesthetic to it that is so early new grounds, where it's really well done, considering, like you said, it's 2002 that that game came out. 
but like there's still like those really enjoyable rough edges to it all like where it's not like immaculately animated per se i mean it's really well animated for the time i'll give it that it's surprisingly smooth like yeah which again is very metal slug of it but still it feels very crude and kind of uh primitive but like not at the same time so it's like this feels so beyond like just oh yeah going on like i don't know cool math games and seeing this like slapdash production to like make like some flash game like this is like an earnest attempt at making something because these guys had a love for a certain genre of game and it's just re- like to play it recently again i was just like wow like this it feels ho- like a cozy blanket where i can kind of remind myself of better times uh and also die repeatedly because that you know those early levels are just like ball bustingly difficult um you really get a sense that they were um like i don't really know much about like how to you know create like a flash game or anything oh neither do i <laughs> all i know is that flash is like literally where flash was like an animation program it was you know it was like more so for cartoons and stuff but like yeah. these guys like forced this like version of flash to like play games which is like really cool and i commend them because like that that is not easy to like one take an animation program that's already like you got to spend time to learn it but then like to make it do games on top of it like that's extremely impressive and it, just, it's sort of the whole new grounds like you know approach it, it pun reminds me it reminds me of like um again when i was really young me and my cousin figured out how to like use uh powerpoint to make like extremely crude animations Mm-hmm. where like each slide would be a, a frame mm-hmm. uh, and we'd just do like these gory like ms paint drawings of like zombies exploding and things like that but the sensibility of something like alien hominid is like that but like a hundred like a thousand times more sophisticated but you really get a sense that they were like knew knew how to like use and innovate within this medium and they knew how to like even though it's like a very crude medium, they knew how to like develop a kind of sophistication within that. Like the mm-hmm. amount of um, death animations for the enemies, for example, where there's like a guy being sliced in half. There's a guy who's like set on fire and running around. Mm-hmm. There's like a guy who's like split down the middle, mm-hmm. you know, and you can like see his ribs and stuff. And it's yeah. like, it's just so inventive with you know in terms of like exploiting all of the capabilities of what was available to them yeah and i mean and and if i don't know if you looked at it but like uh like this is just kind of me like jerking off tom full but like you, you see like his talents because you know he made pico school day which was from 1999 and like sure it even looks more crude and more like basic I guess you could say, but like he's already making games in the late nineties that like, like have the building blocks there. I mean, mm. and, and you could tell that alien hominid was a solid game, even if it had some rough edges. I mean, the fact that it got a console port very early on was really kind of astonishing. And the fact, and then 
from here on out, like the behemoth has been like kind of a regular producer of games in many different genres and styles, but still kind of staying true to their origin of this sort of like uh, guys in a garage coming together to like make this sort of weirdo, but like really fun and really inventive game that they did. And they're not like compromising on anything that whether it be like stupid, you know, stupid in quotes or silly or goofy, like, you know, in, I remember in Castle Crashers, just like how the I think like the certain animals would get like the owls would get scared, would get scared so much that they would just poop themselves like such a like primitive joke, I guess you could say, but you know in any other game that would have been taken out but like not these guys from this time and place in the internet like that was fully acceptable even for a full-fledged console game in the late in the mid late 2000s like that's kind of the energy that i love about alien homet it is that just it's you know it it's doing its own thing and that could be said about the other two games like ching chong beautiful which i love saying by the way that's such a a great game name, Ching Chong Beautiful, where you can even see like how Flash games are starting to get even more and more complex, where like they're incorporating physics and collision and having these really super well animated and detailed sprites and all that stuff. Like, um, I and it Ching Chong Beautiful just kind of being a like perfect encapsulation of like 2000s internet culture of like being this like tasteless uh parody of Emmett like Takeshi's castle and most extreme challenge. Uh but now you get a a game version of that is really cool. Yeah, I mean again it's very like very teenage boy coded, um mm-hmm. very like tasteless humor. Um like I mean in that like little clip from that podcast where they're talking about you sent me like <laughs> they talk about how like you know one of the like kind of like home worlds um like, yeah the like, crater like, level yeah it's like <laughs> it's like supposed to be like Hir- hiroshima yes it, for the um, uninitiated who don't know this there is like the game takes place in like a in a, a in japan and each level is a different part of like japan taking place in a different part of the country and like the second level takes place in a crater uh where Nagas- uh Nagasaki is in Japan. Is it Nagasaki? Yeah. Yeah. Uh and it's just or yeah, Hiroshima or Nagasaki. And I'm I'm like, oh that's just you know, if if you showed that to some regular person, be like, oh how dare they? But it's like, you know, that was just tasteless, kind of just like, you know, humor of the day. And that was like kind of the point. It's just like this, you know, young adult guy is just like trying to make this like, you know, South Park esque take on japanese game shows yeah i mean that's like i mean in, in that uh podcast you sent me as well um you know as it goes on they start talking about how like you know like like, like griefing people yeah. in games and things like that and like i feel like um there is a similar like sensibility of kind of like adolescent cruelty uh that um is kind of being cele- celebrated on like ching chong beautiful um because <laughs> The game is all about you, like just like <laughs> this character you you uh, operate, like kind of navigating these obstacle courses. I mean, like 
those those like types of game shows are also about that kind of like cruelty as well, which is why they appeal to like teenage boys in the first place. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, just like slamming into walls, like falling from huge heights. And then there's like you can hear like the audience laughing at you, or if you have like a really particularly bad like fall or something, or I mean there's like crazy stuff. Like you can it's like so slapstick, like you'll be like skidding on some grease on the ground and then like as you try and run and then you'll trip over like a box and then go flying and your like head will like smash into like the bottom edge of the map or something and then like this this like giant flash animated man like presenter mm-hmm. will come on screen and like laugh at you mm-hmm. <laughs> like um it, so, it's it's yeah. super charming, but it's like super cruel. But like you can tell that these guys were really in tune with what like what it meant to make a game like this, and it also speaks really highly on the guy, the programmer of that game, uh, the Swain, uh, who I don't know if you remember the 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 Mastermind uh, games on Newgrounds, but. Those were all like that. And that's like very of his style where they're these like hyper detailed, very like intric- intricately like designed mechanics that like almost no one else would be bothered to try to do that. But like in his games, they are like encouraged and like part of the experience. And then also the artist for Ching Chong Beautiful. I love his like his very like kind of bold and shape like just these angular shapes to his design and they're all like very tongue in cheek and i there's so it's such a fun little game even if i think they thought like in hindsight you know cuz they were young guys they're just like yeah we probably wouldn't have called it ching chong beautiful <laughs> uh but it's still cool to like see a game like this just kind of you know, it, I think that speaks broadly, and we've kind of touched upon it tonight. It's like these are indie game makers, and I can't think, especially nowadays, and in like nine out of ten cases, like making a game so like specifically designed at like the literal like way in which you move, like in terrain affecting you, and like all this stuff. Like, that's so cool that they, like, in 2009, like, they were making this, like, Flash game that you could probably sell on, like, a digital marketplace. And, but it's like, nope, we're putting this on a website. And you can play it no matter what. And there's even, like, visual settings uh, to the game. Uh, There's even, like, proto-achievements called medals, which, you know, Newgrounds games had. But I, I like how even for something that would be perceived as simple, like you have already like, you know, big game type design present there. Uh yeah. No, it's it's really like uh it's really remarkable. Um especially how like it, in a way like what you want from a flash game I think is um something that like like I don't know. Like I would, I would always play like uh, these games, like Boxhead, The Rooms, or Amorphous Plus as well. Like some Flash games, I remember like spending a lot of time with. And um, it's like what we were talking about with like Serious Science, Serious Sam, where there's like this kind of uh, arcadey <laughs> kind of like, oh yeah, this is just like a a great way to like organize some time. I was mm-hmm. thinking about this because I was on a super long train ride 
uh, home yesterday and I was like, you know, too kind of um, like exhausted to really like pay attention to music or want to read. And I was like, I just need like something to just like, you know, like occupy me. Right. And, yeah. And, if, um, and I think I think a lot of these flash games were it's like games nowadays are so giant and big where it's like I don't have the time to sit down for this or like no. you have to be in the right mindset but it's like a flash game I can just boot that up for like 30 minutes and like I got my fix and which sounds kind of like I'm a drug addict but, uh, but what I'll say about about these games uh, and like Ching Chong Beautiful <laughs> is um uh like having said that that it's like this kind of time killer it also has like it seems to me like it would have like massive replayability uh-huh. and that actually you know within that like medium of like the time killer game it's like really the peak of what that kind of thing can be because actually the dynamics uh, you know that make it work are so kind of elegant and sophisticated mm-hmm. in their own right and there's like so much there's so much of like a learning curve where it would actually be really like satisfying and artful to get good at the game because it's all about just like you can't die it's just about like racing through to the end of the level um mm-hmm. and like i was really terrible at it and a lot of the time I, trust I me like... i i when i first played it i was terrible too and i like how even in the comments by the guys who made it they have like four different things that say play the tutorial or die we recommend never playing hard mode yeah uh, ps you know uh send all complaints to this one guy uh <laughs> there there might be may or may not cause be some control issues uh in the meantime uh they're saying like internet explorer might cause problems with the game so just get a new internet browser and then they also said you know how about don't play uh on a certain quality mode play on a different one so that you don't have this bug like joyfully you know because they can't patch out a problem and they're just a small group of guys like there's just like hey like we understand that we're really proud of this but please don't do these things uh please play it like this to not have a bug or anything it's like that like duct tape and glue like sort of design that i love yeah, uh, I just think that like, the even as shitty as I, I was at it or am at it, mm-hmm. um, even like the small successes that I have, just like purely even being able to like reach the end of a level, um, like when I was like in the brief periods of time where I was actually like successfully navigating the obstacles and like timing the jumps right and stuff, it was like super satisfying and it was the same thing with like friday night funkin which is obviously a rhythm game mm-hmm. so that's like that di- that mechanic is kind of more overt but like uh yeah it's just that sense of like satisfaction and flow state mm-hmm. that is the kind of payoff for like getting good yeah right um and yeah like these games if you get into a flow they're they're like the 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 typical thing of like once you get hooked and you're starting to get into the rhythm of things, literally in Friday Night Funkin's case, literal rhythm. But once you get going, it's hard to put them down. And but yeah, Fr- I, I included Friday Night Funkin, even though Zoomers love to like meme this game up. 
uh, because it's a genuinely cool game that's from only like three years ago. And it was, I don't know if you noticed this, but it was a huge hit in 2020 in the unfortunate COVID era. Like, I remember seeing this game everywhere. People were making mods of it like crazy. Uh, People were posting videos about it, like talking about it. And for me, it was just so cool to see like, oh, hey, a Newgrounds game is getting like, popular attention like people are like going to the site to play this game in 2020 and you know uh it they're i know they're currently trying to make a full-fledged console game like they did a whole kickstarter thing and they're working on that right now but like that the the base of what is available right now which i think is seven levels that you can play through and they have was it two or three songs i can't remember but like what is there is extremely well done and really fun to play and you know it's a it's a good it's a rhythm game with really catchy music i'll, I'll also say that like yeah the music's great and i love the, the i love the like style like that animation style in the game this the uh which uh, the animation and was done by Phantom Arcade who i think is a really funny guy um but yeah, like it's cool to see like that a flash essentially a flash game is still has the ability to get people talking. Like uh like do you think the, the, the some of the popularity is to do with like the um the girlfriend character who's like sitting on the speaker? I think she definitely has. I think <laughs> and then the little uh boyfriend character yeah, like his sort of like gremlin quality is definitely char- charming. Like, I definitely think that there is some un there is definitely like a libidinal element to this game that I think people resonated like the, with. Like the like monkey neuron activation meme. Oh yeah, totally. It's I mean, just like <laughs> I mean, look look at the fact that the mom character is the, the drawn the way she is. Like, I think a good chunk of people were saw that and be like i want to play that i want to find her level uh again nice to see that being made by people in this day and age uh, i wasn't sure whether like the those characters um like because it has like the tank guys from Newgrounds and it has pico in it i wasn't sure like how many of the characters were like from other things I think uh, uh the the Halloween level that's by another animator from the site like yeah uh they're they're like his characters Pico is Tom Fulp's thing Tankman is the uh you know the mascot I guess of the site but that I think in terms of characters all the rest were came up from original stuff but I guess on the on a similar note I love that like this game is also like a love letter to Newgrounds itself by the fact that it has like Pico in yeah. it yeah. and the Tankman characters like it's a really sweet and endearing like love letter to the site and like and, and another thing about Newgrounds that I love is that like a group of animators will come together to do like this big collaborative animation project where they like just do whatever they want, like create cartoons for the site, and it's like a big thing. And Friday Night Funkin' has its own like big site wide collaboration project that people did. Um, which mind you, 
uh, Newgrounds tracks how many people like go to a a page. Still, you can see that, and the fact that Friday Night Funkin' has like sixty six million views is insane to me. Like, I yeah. I love that. Like, there was literally like sixty six. Uh, you know, I guess sixty six million people who came to the site to play that. Like, that just makes me as someone who grew up with the site so happy that like this once sort of uh you know hallmark of the olden days is still like being come back to years later yeah yeah it's um like the gremlin quality of <laughs> uh of the boyfriend character is kind of like um I don't know, it, like it, it does harken back to the sort of like alien hominid style in a way of, I mean, um, that kind of almost like makes me think of kind of graffiti, like gorillas, you know, the yeah. bands. Like, yeah, I definitely see this, that. There's certain kind of like cheerful or like De La Soul, like this sort of like cheerful urban, like adolescent sensibility. Um, and there are these like nice little touches like in the... Um, that one level where the, like the train rushes by mm-hmm. um i don't know it's like it's kind of cool to see that kind of thing because it is like a nostalgic sensibility for me oh uh and one it's like little sort of refreshing one little detail i love about friday funkin is if you fail a song you you get the skeleton view of your character was it the brain breaking yeah and you also see his balls explode yeah he gets blue balls <laughs> It's like such a crass little like joke, and it's like endearing at the same time. It's like only a Newgrounds game would like think to have that like little you know crass detail that I love. That's um, why I was like uh, in the menu. Um, if you go into the game menu, there's like a naughtiness toggle. You can like, <laughs> and I I didn't I didn't know what that was like referring to necessarily, but I assume it's stuff like that. Like if you turn. I didn't turn it off. So yeah, I mean, I don't. I never remember turning. I never remember on it because I played this when it like came out when it was still like brand new. So I don't remember that toggle. But I, I'm assuming that like they wouldn't show that if you turn the t- the naughty toggle on, or yeah. the the mom character wouldn't be as like uh willing to show herself off. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and uh. Like all three of these games, I just like. I think they're great, sort of like. I I guess you could call it period piece of like a time gone by of the internet, where like, and the fact that this is this sort of thing is still like people latch onto it still. Like no one, this sort of style of game has not been lost to time yet, and people still are clamoring for like a quality flash game that they can just boot up on their computer and you know spend an hour on and then that was it and they had a good time with it and yes yeah, it's, it's like hot and cute and fun yeah and uh, it's got good music a fun art style and if you actually are like hitting the, the notes right like this really is like super satisfying. I mean, I, I, that's just true of like a good rhythm game in general, right? But yeah, it, it, it really even, feels good. Like even for like a small little production, like everything that is there for like a game to feel good is present there. Like seeing like even when like the rating meter at the bottom, like you know, you see like little character icons change as you're doing better and worse. Like and you're seeing the 
and you know your opponent like their little icon changes too like it's a really thought out experience from top to bottom and there's there's something cool when you're like doing really well at a rhythm game like that as well when you're like really in the zone and you're just nailing it and you're just like trying to like you're so like focused on what you're doing it's like you can like see into the matrix (laughs) (laughs) i start i i I can start predicting things in the future just Uh, like dodging bullets (laughs) I will say, much in the tradition of Ching Chong Beautiful and Alien Hominid, Friday Night Funkin' isn't afraid to get, uh, kick you to the dirt with difficulty. Mm. Um, like, I, I, as soon as you hit the mom level, I think it's the second song, uh, the game isn't afraid to, like, put your face in the dirt and say, you know, get good. Um, so I'm glad that, like, that exists, but at the same time, it it can be an experience getting your ass kicked for the first time in this game. Um, yeah, no, I mean, having said that, like about being in the zone and stuff, like I, I had to complete it on easy difficulty, and even that was like a challenge at, at times. Yeah, <laughs> but even then, it's like there's replayability to it, like so it's kind of like I feel like I'm gonna play this again, definitely to like <laughs> you know kill time and or whatever, and like the... <laughs> when you can feel yourself like getting good at it it's, that's very satisfying to like, actually be able to like track your uh you know skill increasing as you keep mm-hmm. playing for for a small little game yeah they have the thought to include reasons to come back to it uh not only just for the fact that there's going to be a full-fledged version of this game coming hopefully in the near future i don't know but uh it's nice that they included multiple difficulties and like, I think there's like a practice mode even and all these like stuff that we take for granted as like, Oh yeah, that's just there in a game. It's like, Oh yeah, no, like these, you know, guys putting something on like a web browser. It's like, yeah, no, like you can just play this like any other game you're used to. And it's, we've thought about every aspect of it and we put time and effort into it. And, you know, it. I think people as a whole can like sense when something has like genuine creative energy behind it. Like, I, like on a bigger scale, I guess like Elden Ring was like that, where people really connected with a game that was just like thought from top to bottom. And Elden Ring is like the sort of grandest example of that. And Friday Night Funkin' is like a much more microcosm or like a slut. A much smaller example of the, that. The the humble flash game. Yeah, like I, I always have a soft spot for that for the humble flash game. And you know, it's just guys trying their best with a program, Flash, trying their best to make something that like hopefully a group, you know, it doesn't even have to be like millions of people, but like a good chunk of people will come back to. And or leave a good review on the site, or they'll tell their friends about it. And you know, it's a very old school way of like word of mouth is passed around both between friends or online. And it's it's like this very hump, beautiful little like I've said it before on this on this episode time, and it feel like a broken record, but like just this very old school and uh like lost tradition of games where it is that sort of social thing of letting people you know about about letting people you know about this thing you think is really cool and then hopefully they get into it too 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's how, like, I would learn, like, apart from just discovering things on Newgrounds by myself, like, um, just that thing of, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, my cousin's coming over on this holiday, like, and there's always some new game that he's aware of, like a Flash browser game or something, and then we just try and, like, be each other at that or get really good at that and be competitive about it. Or mm-hmm. there'd be, like, some new kind of, like, series that, you know... Like, I was going to ask you, actually, um, not to, like, derail from these three games, but did you ever... Um, did you ever play these games? I think there was, like, a website called Eyes Maze or something like that. The name rings a bell. They were, like, these really cute, charming, and surreal, like... I don't know if you call them puzzle games, exactly. It was more just, like just endless recombinations of of like strange elements like mm-hmm. there'd be a like there'd be a i don't know like an apple and then mm-hmm. there'd be like you know a bunch of options and it'd be like a clock a mouse mm-hmm. uh like a carton of milk or and then like each one you clicked would like transform the apple in some strange and unpredictable way mm-hmm. it was just really like charming and surreal and like it had such a kind of distinctive visual style there was a whole series of them that this guy made um i'll have to look into that because it sounds vaguely familiar um but yeah i no i'm glad you brought it up because i mean again i think to sort of wrap up this whole thing it's like flash games new grounds e-bombs world something awful whatever i think they represent a very pure part of games where it is just a bunch of guys or one guy just wanting to make something that hope you know for themselves first and foremost like something that they enjoy doing but then on the flip side like you know it's indie games are about like just making something for the pure fact of making something they want to put something out into the world whether it's like you know like i remember a flash game where it's like phys- it was literally like a physics simulator where you put like various color like sand and then you could like burn the sand or explode it like that's a a indie flash game or like alien hominid or ching chong beautiful or friday night funkin like these are specific visions by certain you know you know one creative mind or two or three and it's all about just like sharing things to the world because you genuinely care and that's what i love about this website about the sort of subsect of gaming that I hope never dies. You know, you never know what the future may hold, but I'm willing to believe that this will keep going as far as it can go. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> I love Newgrounds. I can't say that enough about this website. It means too much to me. It's um, it's like a genuine folk culture. And then, you know, so much of what's like charming about folk culture's um in general is like is often their kind of crudeness and the sort of like artfulness and sophistication that sort of like develops within the parameters of that crudeness um and i don't know i don't want to like introduce another because you've like wrapped it up so beautifully but like i when we were discussing the episode in the dms you know you're talking about how like uh the the kind of like like distorted quality of like sound on flash animations that like really overdriven or like compressed uh sound like at the beginning of alien yeah. hominid you have like the fire noise for example it's this and... crunchy 
like it's gone through layers of compression yeah um and there's something about like the flatness and the sort of like 2d-ness and how all the parts like work together that isn't fluid um although like with these creators they're skillful enough to make it appear fluid often Mm -hmm. but like the jankiness of it and the sort of flatness there's a kind of strange like opacity uh, an opaqueness to flash animation that feels very different from like watching netflix or watching youtube where it's very much like there's a 3d kind of like screen that you're seeing through flash mm-hmm. animation is very like surface and it, there's something very kind of um like satisfyingly tactile and physical about it yeah um, it, it... It it feels like something that was made with hands. You know what I mean? It does, yeah, yeah. And I think people can sense that. Like, they can tell when... It may not be, like, perfect. It may not be, like, precisionly crafted. And there might be some difficulty spikes. Or the animation may not be 100% perfect. But, like, I think people... Most people can resonate, at least with games, I think they can resonate when someone actually tried their hardest to make something that people can enjoy. And these three games are an example of that. And there's literally thousands of games, and they could be the most basic and simplistic or crudest or slapdashiest type game you can be. Because I've seen them. I've seen these games. And some of them are like, you know... Uh, archaic let's put it that way but (laughs) i still love them for existing because at one time one person said i want to do this because i have a passion and that's why i love newgrounds it's like you could feel passion from so many different people and it's like super pure and beautiful to see yeah Uh, so amen so i thank you so much for joining me this was an absolute joy yeah, it's a pleasure. I'm glad. I'm glad I finally made it home. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, I think that's a good time we say stop. Yeah.